You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is Friday, February the 3rd, 2017, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, kind of a good week for those of us invested in precious metals and uh you know, it keeps looking like uh, 16 all over again. I, I see it, particularly in the stocks. We get some wild, crazy moves in the, some of these stocks. So uh, it's been a, been a great time to be uh, to be in the game. It sure is. And you're right. The similarities to last year are astounding. Uh, and just to kind of wrap up January, gold was up 4.5% in January. Silver doubling that at 9.5%. Nobody saw that coming, except maybe you and I. That's a pretty good start to the year. It was a great start to the year, and uh, I guess silver it was the real standout, and I was almost shocked when I saw those 30 and 40 cent moves in a day out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, but, you know, we may find that uh, there's some stress in the physical market for silver. That would be my guess, uh, particularly if, you know, if the um, Chinese are moving into precious metals. I kind of sense they're for sure moving into gold. I actually have not been tracking, even if they have a silver ETF over there, but... Uh, you could certainly see that the Chinese, because of the currency problems would, and, and the issue with Bitcoin, might uh, very well be going into these uh, markets. And, of course, it would take nothing to move the price of silver, which is sort of what's happened already. You didn't even mention the, the stocks. I think the stocks are up over 20% already for the month, which, which most of us would say at the end of the year, you know, 20 is not bad. Right. Let's just book it right now. But, of course, we're always looking for more. So let's hope that's, uh, that's what we got in our future here. Yeah, there are a couple of individual equities that are almost back to where they were last August. And I think that's yep. got to be pretty encouraging, too. It's very encouraging. And I would say the other thing that I kind of noticed, this is from a Canadian perspective now, uh, you know, we have a lot of junior companies listed up here. But uh, with exploration news, stocks have been running and then running hard. So I've had a, a stock that I own that's more than doubled in the last three weeks because they came out with some great drilling news. And it's it's not just the ones I own. I mean, I can see it all over the place. Somebody has good drilling news, stocks react, which is a very strong sign of uh, how people are involved in the market. Yeah, people paying attention. That's right. Yeah. Well, the big news today was the U.S. jobs report. That always dominates the headlines. Uh, the computers run with it. And the media makes a big deal out of it. Uh, it was, a, I guess, a stronger number than we've seen, but but I want to point out to you and everybody else, the December jobs report in the U.S., the one that was so strong that it finally pushed the Fed into a rate hike, was revised lower by 25% uh, this morning. That would seem to be noteworthy as well. Uh, I know you and I look at those job numbers the same way, but I'll just let you comment on whatever you think there. <laughs> yeah, well, we know they're kind of rigged. And, of course, all the adjustments are always down when they look back, right? I mean, it's always that way. They revise the other one down, makes makes the current the month always look a little better. Um, but I think the most interesting thing about this month's job number is that the hourly wages went up 0.1% with a lot of uh, states uh, insisting that the minimum wage goes up. So there, there's not much going on to the average worker here. I mean, 0.1% doesn't exactly cut cut it. Uh, and they revised December, which was previously reported as the average hourly earnings were at 0.4. They cut that to 0.2. So there's, there's nobody uh, taking home much more bacon uh, than they were the previous month. And uh, 
you know, just get your health care bill, and that'll take care of your 0.1% about 10 times over, 20 times over. So it's, uh, it's, it's not encouraging, nor should, it, nor should one think it should be encouraging because of all the structural issues that we have in the U.S. market and the inability of the consumer to go and spend more money. That's why GDP was only up 1.9% last quarter. Retail sales were sloppy. Um, car sales, as you saw for January now, look like they're trending down here. I don't know what the seasonally adjusted rate was, but pretty well all those car companies have you know, like 5 to 10% uh, reductions in their car sales. So there's signs of weakness out there for sure. And putting this all back together with what you'd mentioned as we began this show about how, you know, this sure looks a lot like last year. The U.S. dollar, which was projected to be so strong this year, king dollar, you know, it was going to go straight up, instead fell by nearly 4% in January. And all of these pressures from a really a, a not-so-strong U.S. economy tend to maybe increase that trend. And that's good for us in gold as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, it, it looks like the, um, the Trump group thinks that the dollar is too high. Uh, and I think that was the key statement, right? We think the dollar's too high, and of course the dollar immediately went down. But I think the other thing that's uh, playing here is the the scariness of Trump. Uh, uh-huh. He scares people. He scares people all over the world, you know? And, you know, you're a German, you're an Australian, uh, you're a Mexican. <laughs> I mean, what are you thinking these days, you know? It's a scary kind of thought. And... um I think that that also has some kind of impact on the currency market because nobody knows where we're all going here. Are we going to start a trade war? Are we going to start a war? Uh, you know, where's this all going? And do we know from one day to the next what, what we're all doing here? So uh, I think the dollar weakening is deserved. And, of course, as you say, it will play in very much to, to the um, rallying of gold. Plus, we had the, uh, the Fed uh, hold rates at their last meeting and give no indication that there was a series of rate hikes coming. So that that's very good for, well, not, not that rates really should affect gold, but the market somehow seems to think that rates should affect gold. But gold can easily go up when rates are going up. But the fact is, I don't think we're going to be seeing any three to four rate increases this year. And like you said, all of this augurs to the argument that gold's pretty valuable, and uh, maybe we should get some more. And we're seeing that now, finally, after massive consecutive drops in the GLD inventory. We had the biggest one-day ad this week, really since the price peak back in July, well over 10 metric tons. You noted last week massive inflows of uh, demand and gold into the Chinese gold ETFs. What do you think of that trend? Well, I I think that's going to continue. And, of course, we didn't even mention Europe, where it's actually been stronger. I mean, those ETFs have had some serious inflows in Europe. But you can understand in Europe, wanting to own gold. I mean, look at look where the whole EU is these days with Brexit thing and the Italian banking thing, uh, the potential Spanish banking problems. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what everyone there has to worry about. I mean, they've got a, a plethora of things that uh, the average citizen has to worry about, and the demand for gold has been very strong in Europe. And as we mentioned last week, the Chinese look like they're coming back in big time. We've unfortunately been closed for a week, so we don't have any... Uh, more current data, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing that data and whether that trend of Chinese buying uh, manifests itself. It would just be a totally unbelievable dynamic for both uh, gold and silver here. So, And, of course, it's encouraging to see that even the GLD and other ETFs based here in uh, North America are now picking up 
pretty good interest. So I think we have that to look forward to. The, the view of gold, I think, has seen a, a trend change here. Now it's it's a place to go instead of a place to fear. And that that's all happening about, you know, six weeks. So it uh, looks pretty good going forward. Eric, I got to ask you about uh, China and what's been going on there in that, you know, they're having all this capital flight issue and liquidity problems and much was made of of the Chinese, the, the People's Bank of China, actually apparently liquidating some of their gold reserves uh, last month. But yet we saw some extraordinary numbers some extraordinary tonnage flow through Switzerland into China at the same time. What do you what do you make of those two yeah. things? Well, there were stunning numbers. It was 158 tons shipped from Switzerland to mainland China. There was, I think, another 47 tons net shipped from Hong Kong into China. The world only mines about 220 tons a year, and so that pretty well all of that was consumed uh, in the month of December in China. Now, it's typically a strong month because you're coming into Chinese New Year, and I'm sure the jewelers are, you know, stocking up and uh, making things for the New Year because there's a lot of uh, gold gift-giving at the time. Uh, but the fact is that uh, it, it's been very strong. I I I'm actually get this funny feeling that it might have been so strong that, that it caused the People's Bank of China to sell 20 tons in December because they might have run out. I can't even imagine the Chinese saying to the Swiss, we need 100, they already got 158 tons. They said, we need 178 tons. That is not an easy thing to do. So it could be that the Chinese, the people's demand in case things got out of control. And maybe they do like to control the gold market because they're, the, the, of course, the big net buyer. So why wouldn't they try to keep a lid on it and uh, buy everything as inexpensively as they can? So no, the Chinese uh, data is just overwhelmingly positive. When you touched on the demand side, let's uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about the supply side for a second because that often gets left out of the picture. In that demand in December, the supply that went into China, 151 metric tons flowed out of Great Britain into Switzerland for recasting and then from there into China. Now, Eric, I last time I checked, uh, Great Britain didn't mine 150 metric tons in, in December. Where the heck's that gold coming from? It's one of two places. It's either coming from the GLD, which is uh, stored in London. But we know that uh, the um, the redemptions from uh, the GLD in December weren't any 158 tons, or it's coming from central bank stocks over there. And uh, that's the more likely uh, situation is that the central banks, whenever there's excess demand, they surreptitiously uh, supply gold without, of course, informing the public that they were the sellers. But uh, I'm sure that's what happened. Eric, you left off the third option. That is, they finally cornered those leprechauns in Ireland and raided their pot. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, came in from Mars to England and whatever. You know, you know and, and how, they, like that. how are they ever going to get that back? You export 151 metric tons to China. How is that ever going to come back? And that's what's always left out of the equation. It'll never, as we know, it never comes back, right? I mean, that, it's it's like gold going into India. It never comes back. It's there for a reason. It's going to stay there forever. So, uh, and this has been going on for a long time. As you know, I've spoken many times about me, me believing that and analyzing that the demand for gold on an annual basis is well above supply. And it's all satisfied by uh, central banks supplying the product without really informing us that they were selling. So it's just a continuation of that. And, of course, that, that gold is sticky. 
people who buy gold, they buy it for a reason. They want to have it in their possession. It's not going to come out of their hands any too quickly. Well, it seems like we're just that much closer to the end of this uh, pricing scheme. But, you know, it'll probably make it another week. And so we'll probably get back together next Friday and talk about it some more. Well, you know, it's been fun so far this year, just like last year. I hope we can uh, keep the string going. Let's hope so. Eric, it has been great fun to visit with you again. I hope you have a great weekend. Who do you got in the big game this weekend? So I'll be going with Atlanta. Uh, not that I have any uh, particularly uh, allegiance, but uh, I think the Pats have wanted enough that we need to give someone else a chance. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, my friend. Well, I will give you the rest of the day off, and uh, we will get back together next Friday. Thank you to uh, everyone for listening. And from all of us here at SprottMoney.com and Sprott Money News, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend.